If you feel that, no, I feel like Ramadan was just yesterday, Alhamdulillah, it means that the nur you got in Ramadan is mafuz. You've maintained it. If you feel it was three weeks ago, okay, still you're okay. But if you feel like I feel it was a long time ago, then it's a big problem. You better fix it before this month of Shawwal ends. Sometimes I have to tell people it's all about Shawwal. How many people think it's all about Ramadan? And they worked really hard in Ramadan. But the question is, how much can you retain? How much can you change? What impact does it have on you? It's all about Shawwal. Ramadan was about Tawbah. Shawwal was about Istiqam. You see, Allah told you, told me, everything, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, فَاسْتَقِمْ كَمَا أُمِرْتَ وَمَنْ تَعْلَ مَعْكَ Taught us. فَاسْتَقِمْ كَمَا أُمِرْتَ وَنُبِيُّ كَرِيمُ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ هَكِ اِسْتِقَامَةً The way you were commanded to have اِسْتِقَامَةً وَمَنْ تَعْلَ مَعْكَ And anyone who made Tawbah with you, anyone who makes this Tawbah, tell them that the first step is Tawbah, the second step is Istiqamah. In Ramadan, mashallah, I'm sure all of you made tawbah, begged Allah Ta'ala to forgive us for sins, made intention and heart not to return to those ways. But the question is, after tawbah, did we have istiqamah? The shawal is very important. It's the best chance you have to get istiqamah. Most people, either after Ramadan or after Hajj, because you got so much nur in your heart, because of those major rukun, major ibadat, so the best chance you have to be firm, steadfast, regular believer is in Shawwal. But most people, then the nafs also knows this. The nafs also knows this is the best chance. So the nafs strikes back. The nafs tries to pull a person down. The way the nafs will operate is first it will bring a person into ghafla, very gently. It won't take you first to sin. First it will try to bring you into ghafla. What does ghafla mean? Ghafla means doing something that has no connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing to do with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's halal. It might actually be halal, but it has no point. Another word for this in Quran is love. So Allah says in Quran about the believers, that they turn away from a wasteful, pointless, futile activity. They spurn it. They reject it. Hmm? That don't you dare ever let yourself be from those people who forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So first the nafs will try to make you forget Allah ta'ala. Go back to that Facebook, go back to Twitter, go back to email, go back to surfing. It will try to get you somehow. And once you do that, you end up wasting your time. And you waste a bit more time, waste a bit more time, sleep more than you need, eat more than you need, surf longer than you need. Now the nafs sees that this person has softened up now. <laughs> softened up for my next attack. Next attack is okay, whisper some thought of sin. Feel some feeling, urge, the urgings of the nafs. Maybe urge of lust, maybe urge of greed, maybe urge of pride, some urge. Okay, you might resist because not so you just spent Ramadan, so you will resist once. It will wait, it will try again. It will wait, it will try again. Sooner or later you might give in to that nafs unless you can train. This is Allah. Allah in Arabic means that success after which there is no failure. Hmm? That joy after which there is no sadness. Allah Ta'ala is saying is definitely, truly, that person has created Allah, achieved Allah, if they did tazkiyah of their nafs, if they purified their nafs. Now there's one misconception people have, is that the nafs is always bad. 
But the nafs says, all is bad. No. If the nafs was only bad, then we would have questioned why did Allah Ta'ala put this in me? Allah Ta'ala explained in Quran, وَنَفْسُمْ وَمَا سُوَاءَ فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاءَ Then it would be a good nafs. So what is nafs? Nafs is that part of us that has desires, that has passions. So Allah Ta'ala gave us this nafs, that if you make this nafs, nafsum wa then you will have good desires. Then your passions will be for deen. Passions will be for deen. It's important. It's important. For example, let's take lustful desire. Now, if you use lustful desire outside sharia, means outside nikah, means for a ghair mihram, then that's a terrible sin. But if you use it within sharia, within nikah, it will lead to the continuation of humanity. So it was given to us for a reason. Let's take anger. If you have unlawful anger, so you have short temper, you get angry at small things, you get excited, you think negatively of people, you're always suspecting them, you're suspicious of them. This is the wrong use of disability. But within anger is another thing that's called ghayra in Arabic. So people know Urdu ghayra. Ghayra. So Nabi Akrim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Anna aghyun nas, wallahu aghyur minni, that I have the most ghayra from humanity. In English, ghayra means self-respect, dignity. So that you can defend yourself, defend your owner, defend deen. So you need courage, maybe you can understand it like that. So you need to be brave, to have courage. So that's a good thing. So mashallah, sahabi kiram, they had nafsi mutminna, they desired to do jihad. They had courage. Sayyidina Ali, radiallahu ta'ala, said, that one of the most beloved things to me is it should be a hot summer day, I should be in a state of fasting, and I should be doing jihad with the what is that? That's with his goodness. That was pure desire. That was strong passion for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Akbar. Then if you take another thing, which is what? That a person, when they have bad nafs, so they envy what other people have for themselves. If they have good nafs, so what did Nabi Akareem sallallahu say? None of you truly believe until you love for your fellow believer what you love for yourself. That's another hirs. That I desperately want him to have what I have. That's also from the nafs, that's the good nafs. Hmm? So when you have good nafs, you have good power. Even tahajjud salah. Tahajjud salah can only be prayed by somebody who has deep, burning desire for Allah SWT. Otherwise, it's not possible to pray tahajjud salah. You can't set alarm and maybe force yourself to wake up one or two times. You cannot regularly force yourself to wake up for tahajjud salah. It's a prayer of passion. Even this alarm clock has only been around for 30, 40, 50 years. How did all of these great believers, Salihin, Siddiqin, Awliya, Mufasri, Muhtasin, how did they wake up for Tahajjud? They woke up because they had a desire. And the desire to wake up was so strong that even if they were tired, even if they came back from journey, the desire to wake up was so strong, they would wake up after two, three hours. Allah Akbar, this was the good nafs in them. This was the good nafs in them. So actually, if the nafs becomes pure, the nafs has good desires, it's a blessing from Allah SWT. It's a blessing from Allah SWT. And otherwise, if it's not purified, if it's not purified, it will lead a person to abomination. It can even lead a person to the fire of Jahannam. The question, the person named Imam, yes. He believed in Allah, yes. He believes in Sayyidina Rasulullah, he says, yes. 
how would he go to Jahannam then? Because of his nafs. Because he followed his nafs. Allah mentions in the Quran, أَفَلَأَيْتَ مَنِ اتَّخَذَ إِلَّهُ الْكُفَرَةِ That are you not amazed at that person? Aren't you stunned at that person? Who takes as their God what Hawa? Hawa means the slight whisperings of nafs. Doesn't mean overpowering passions of nafs. Hawa means its fancies, its whims. Even that they make it their God. So that's why they say once the person has become a slave to his desires. They have expression like that. And if you translate that to Arabic, it would be called Abdul Nafs. And that's a great Allah Ta'ala saying. Aren't you amazed at that person who has taken the hawa, their whisperings of their nafs, as their ilah, as their God? Hmm? And Allah Muslims have fallen into this problem. Even Muslims who pray, even Muslims who come to masjid, secretly when they're alone, they worship their nafs. They fall into their nafs. And then now with this fitna of cell phone, and then smartphone, and then Wi-Fi connected smartphone, so what does that mean? 24-hour access to sin. 24-hour access to sin. You know, we make a lot of dua for the youth who were born in this generation. It's very difficult. When we were growing up, you just had to do one thing. All you had to do was remove the TV from your house, and you were saved. Alhamdulillah, many people, they made that decision. They took the TV out of the home, and they were in Itminam. So what does Shaitan do? He realized this. So then he created internet. Of what happens now is the person says, no, but I need it for work, I need it for this, I need it for that. So you can't throw it out of the house. Hmm? TV for Muslim, gone. Hmm? TV gone, internet in. Hmm? Internet has everything TV had plus more. <laughs> it has everything TV had plus more. <laughs> but he keeps it with him. <laughs> but he took TV out of his home and he put smartphone in his pocket. <laughs> yeah? I said, gee, test. <laughs> It's a big test for the people. Hmm? But it's not just the youth who failed this test. Even middle-aged men are failing this test. I have cases of older men failing this test. Hmm? You'd be amazed I traveled in one country, so it's not your country. 72-year-old man came to me. His beard was white. His eyebrows were white. Oh, but they said he wants to meet you alone. I said, okay, I met him. Hmm? You can't believe, I just tell you like this. The problem he had is a problem that a 21-year-old man has. Hmm? Uh, when he was talking to me, you see, we tried, but in, his, in our lives sometimes we also get shocked. Hmm? I mean, he was talking, talking, I was staring, staring. He was talking, talking. Then I just started making du'as. I said, I don't know how this person is going to me. Well, you look at his beard, look at the whiteness of his hair, you have mercy on him. Hmm? I was just making, he kept talking, I kept making dua in my heart. He kept talking, I kept making dua in my heart. Hmm? Then I realized, it's a problem. It's a problem. This nafs, unless you purify it, this nafs can attack you if you're 20, this nafs can attack you if you're 40, this nafs can attack you if you're 60, or the nafs can attack. The nafs can attack. And we have had so many cases come to us of men who have affairs. I'm not talking about the men out there. I'm talking about men who pray Salah in Masjid. Cases have come to me. One is the nafs. Well, nobody wants to talk about this. So we must talk about this openly. This is a big problem that we have. The number of people who will go to Jahannam because of their nafs on the day of judgment. You will be stunned how many people will go to Jahannam because of their nafs. 
now. The other option is to get that nafs purified from the fire of Jannah. That's another option. You do as you want. <laughs> you can do tazkiyah of your nafs in this life, or Allah Ta'ala will do tazkiyah of your nafs to the fire of Jannah in the next life. It's two options. That's it. There's no other option. There's no other way to go to Jannah. The one who is impure will not go to Jannah. And the Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, the person has mithqal of Allah, who has even one particle of kibber, he won't go to Jannah. Never! After the Muslim, never can he go to Jannah. Allah will to be So what does it mean? He has iman who will be in Jannah forever? No. It means he can never go to Jannah with that kibber in his heart. So first he has to go to Jahannam, fire of Jahannam will purify that giver, then he can go to Jannah. You can imagine like this that the goldsmith, when he wants to purify gold, he wants to make it to 24 carats, what does he do? He melts it. He melts it in extremely hot fire, the 24 carat gold comes this side, and the impurities go on the other side. Same thing. Allah Ta'ala will have to make the hearts of Mu'mineen 24 carat in order to send them into Jannah. Now, either they showed up with that, Allah or Allah Ta'ala will have to send them to Jahannam to go through that purification process. <coughs> now you think that if the Prophet said that if they have one particle of kibber, they won't make it to Jahannam, so then those of us who have tons of lust, not one particle, tons of lust, what's going to happen to us? What's going to happen to us on the day of death? Something to think about, something to worry about. And then if after all this Ramadan, even in Shabbat I find myself in this problem, then a person should be scared, a person should be worried, a person should think, and he must do something to prevent his nafs. Allah has mentioned some things in Quran about nafs. So what does it mean? The nafs must be stopped. This is a training. How to stop your nafs. So who will be able to stop their nafs? Malakha. That person who feels fear of Allah Sallallahu This is the feeling. Without this feeling, you will not be able to stop your nafs. You will be alone. You will be private. You will be in your own home. You love Allah Ta'ala? Yes. You love Rasulullah Yes. You pray Salah? Yes. If you don't have fear of Allah Ta'ala, you will not be able to stop your nafs. This happens. They commit sin, even though they do love Allah Ta'ala. They do love Rasulullah They do pray Salah. They can't stop their nafs unless they have a feeling of fear in their heart. They're afraid of that day when they will stand in front of their rub. They're thinking about that. Hmm? How many people do that? You see when a person, they come and they say, okay, I did this sin. The first question is, okay, before you did the sin, did you think that I will have to stand in front of Allah on the day of judgment? So, no, I didn't think that. So why didn't you think that? So, but it didn't occur to me to think that at that moment. So you have to be trained to think that. Without the training, you will not occur to you. It will not occur to you. You will forget this. You will forget the judgment. You will forget Akhirah. You will even forget Allah Ta'ala at that moment. It even becomes like that. You say, well, you remember Allah Ta'ala when you did that sin? So, no, I forgot Allah Ta'ala. I forgot Rasulullah Sallallahu I forgot Kitabullah. So yes, then you will not be able to behave like Abdullah. How will you behave like Abdullah when you forgot Allah Ta'ala at that moment? 
it's a training. Our Messiah to give us this training. Hmm? And you can try to train yourself. No problem. It's just just like you can try to teach yourself to read. You can try it. You can try to learn Hadith on your own. You can try it. You can try to learn Quran on your own. You can try it. You will see that most people say that no, I'd rather have Kari for my children because when they're trained to recite, they will recite better. I would rather have Alam teach me Hadith. He will train me in the Sunnah of Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I would rather have Alam teach me Quran. He will train me in Tafsir. Hmm? This is the way of the world. And this is the way of our king. If you're untrained, you're more at risk. That's all it is. It's your choice. You want to be untrained and be in high risk category, or you want to go for the training and minimize your risk from being attacked by your nerves. It's your choice. It's not fun. I will never tell you training is fun. Tazkiyah is fun. You purifying the nafs, that is fun. You want to get training to do that, you want to do it yourself, it's your choice. You choose and you see what happens. Hmm? You experiment, no problem. How It's up to you. It's entirely up to you. But our own experience of more than 20 years now on this planet, that I have never yet seen one person who didn't go for the training, who was able to purify his nafs. I've never come across one person like that in the 20 years of my experience. I've never met one. Everyone I met went through the training. All the Even big ulama, they went through training. You know, there was an alam who came to you recently, Hazrat Mufti, Ahmad Khan Kurishab, Tawad Rakatum al Aliyah. So I had a chance to meet him in South Africa a couple of months ago. Because we can't go to India because of Pakistan stamps on our passport. And they can't come to Pakistan. But sometimes we get lucky, we get to meet these great Indian Mashaik ulama. And he went through training. Mufti Mahfouz he went through training. Every time I meet a wonderful, beautiful person like that, they very quickly we find out they went through training. Every time I met a beautiful, wonderful person, I find out he went through training. I've never met a person like that, and they said I never went to any training. Never, I've met, never met anybody like that. Of that caliber, of that level, who went through no training whatsoever. So it's a sign for you. So it's not enough just to take the names of our Mashai or to express our love for them. No, that's not enough. Having Muhammad for Shaykh, okay, fine, it's nice, it might help you. Giving khidmat of Shaykh, doing food for Shaykh, fine, Allah will give you sawab for all of that. But the real relationship, is to get the training. It's all about the training. If you don't get the training, then what benefit is that? You ask the Qari. If the, you tell the Qari that, look, my son actually won't study with you, but we'd like to give you dinner and come to our house. He said, but then a real relationship is I want your child. I want him to the training. Yes, if you do the training and training and two, three years training and he completes it, okay, maybe I'll come have dinner at your house. But with us, they want dinner only. All the time they just want to feed Shaykh and they don't come for training. Hmm? We sometimes tell the people openly. We don't have to travel to eat the food. I have wife who can make me food in my own home. We come to offer you training. Hmm? We want you to get the training. This is a deep training because this nafs is deep. You must understand. If nafs was very light, we give you light training. So you have to analyze yourself. You ask your own self, how strong is your nafs? Hmm? You check yourself. So however strong your nafs is, that's how strongly you should pursue the training. And that's simple. 
If you say, no, my nafs is very weak. My nafs never affects me. I never feel lust. I never have greed. I never have envy. I never have anger. I never have pride. I say, okay, you don't need the strong training. Hmm? But if you say that, oh, I have all of the above. Hmm? I have all of the above. Then you're testifying yourself. You are testifying yourself that you have strong nafs. You should offer the strong training. It's your choice. Hmm? Now, a strange thing we observe is that people are never shy. If they can't recite Quran properly, they will go to a college. They're not shy about that. They will say, fix my situation, I need help. If they don't understand the rulings of Salah, they will go to an alim to teach me Messiah, teach me rulings of Salah, I need help. If they don't know how to perform Hajj, they will ask for help. But when it comes to this line, which does get selfish part purifying their heart from sin, learning how to lower their gaze, learning how to control their desire, they hesitate and they don't come to shirk. And there's so much confusion about this, so much backbiting, so much slander, so much suspicion. Allah, it's a fitna. It's a fitna from shaitan. Always remember that any sentence, any word that disconnects a person from a teaching of deen, that is a fitna. That's a fitna. Imagine if I made you suspicious of all the qadis and you would never learn the hadith. If I made you suspicious of all ulama, how would you learn tafsir and hadith? You wouldn't be able to do it. Hmm? So this is a training, training of nafs, training of nafs. Now Allah subhanahu wa has mentioned all these major sins, major sins, that they clearly come from the nafs. So I will mention to you some few short ayat from the Quran, and you will see. One place Allah subhanahu wa in the Quran, وَأُخْدِرَتِ الْأَنْفُسُ الشُّحْ Shuh is a type of bukhl. Shuh means to be stingy. Shuh in Arabic means that when a person wants to do something good, then the nafs attacks and makes them stingy. I'll give you an example. Let's say you want to donate money to someone or some institute or some good cause. So you take out your wallet and you reach for the $100 note and you start taking it out. But all of a sudden the nafs says, no, that's too much. That's shuh. That last minute attack of the nafs. So you put it back and you take the $10 note instead. That's called shuk. So what is Allah teaching us in Quran? That this nafs never gives up. Hmm? Even if you do good, the nafs will try to make you do less good. So you're thinking of giving someone to someone generously. You're about to give it shuk. No, no. Let me keep this better one for myself. I get to use one to that person. Shuk. Hmm? This is nafs. Allah Akbar this is nafs. You were thinking that, okay, let me go on Khatam Dawa, let me go spend time with Shay, let me go listen to Dr. Adam. And the last minute you said, no, it's okay, I'll go next time. Shock of the nafs. Last minute attack of the nafs to keep a person from doing what is good. Again, you can check yourself. You don't need to check anyone else. You check yourself, and this never happened to you. Then you will understand if you have nafs or not. Then Allah Ta'ala gave another. Sin attributed to nafs. Hasadun min in the anfusihim. That they feel envy from their nafs. So hasad means jealousy, envy. What's the sign of that? So if you hear something about someone else, that Allah blessed them with something, maybe promotion, maybe family, maybe something, and you felt in your heart, why them, why not me? That's hasad. You got upset? 
Mashallah, some people they get so upset. They're, okay, if anybody could have gotten the promotion except him, why him? Okay, many of that, but Allah spoke him that. Why him? Why did he get the students? Why did the people go to him? Why? This is also hasid. If you ever had this feeling in your life, know that this also came from your nafs. This also came from your nafs. Then the gummer, that they felt the gumbur inside their nafs. Hmm? Also from nafs. There are three words for this in Arabic. One is ujub, one is kibar, one is the gumbur. Ujub means, in English you would call it vanity, conceit. To view yourself as something. Kibar is the next step. That you view yourself as something and better than others. The gumbur is third step, that you view yourself as something and better than others, and therefore then you treat the others as they're less than you. Allah hmm? Akbar. If a person had any of these things anytime, it's from their nafs. From their nafs. Hmm? We have this problem. Sometimes we treat others like they're less than us. Some people they do it because of race. Sometimes they do it because of money. Income, sometimes they do it because of education. Anytime you view somebody else as less than you, know that this has come from your nafs. This has come from your nafs. Hmm? And then no need for you to mention to you, but all of you understand, one of another major sins of nafs is called lust. Lust for your method. Lust for your method. If ever you were tempted, ever you were attracted, ever you had a romance, ever you had inclination, ever you had any such feeling for any hair mehram, all of that was from nafs. Every single time it was from nafs. Never think, no, it was my heart. Never. It was always nafs. Every single time it was nafs. Then, you ask your answer, your own self, how many of these problems do we have? How many of these problems do we have? And all about this had an amazing thing. That even Shaitan, he had nafs. Because when Shaitan made the mistake, there was no Shaitan who whispered him. There was no other Shaitan who made him go astray. So what was it? It was his nafs. <coughs> now can you imagine all those years? So there's no specific number mentioned in Hadith, but it's mentioned that Shaitan Iblis, he made ibadah of Allah Ta'ala for so much ibadah, so much ibadah. That Allah Ta'ala let him then keep the company of the angels. How much ibadah must that have been? How much ibadah could one jinn do? How much ibadah did that one jinn do that Allah Ta'ala told him now you keep the company of the angels? Can you imagine that level of ibadah? Then his level of iman. His level of iman is a yaqeen. He's not an atheist. He believes, he knows Allah Ta'ala exists. He's seen Allah Ta'ala. He has heard Allah Ta'ala. When Allah Ta'ala said make sajda, he heard it. Allah Akbar, level of yaqeen and iman. So level of yaqeen and iman, level of ibadah like that, that you spend time with the angels. But his nafs, oh, nafs still strike. Hmm? Allah It means no matter how much ibadah you have, huh? no matter how much ilm you have, no matter how much time you spent in shaykh, for how much ilm you did have been, you were never beyond the attack of the nafs. Hmm? Can anybody say I did more ibadah than Iblis did? Hmm? Can anybody say I've also seen Allah and also heard Allah like he did? None of us can say that. 
نفس Another aspect of nafs is a person not doing shukr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're not grateful and thankful and appreciative to Allah ta'ala. Why? Their nafs. One long hadith in Sahih Bukhari that Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned the story of three people. It's a very long hadith, but the end of the story is that basically an angel came and he helped each of them. But then he came second time and checked. And the first two of the three said, no, Allah didn't help me. It was me. It was my accomplishment, my hard work, my family, my lineage. Hmm? They didn't do sugar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They didn't do sugar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because of their nafs. It's also nafs. Hmm? How many times have we failed to do sugar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So many bounties and blessings Allah ta'ala has given us. And we don't do sugar. That's also become of our nafs. Now Rabbi can explain that Shaitan, which is the other enemy, he can only be successful in his waswasa on us if our nafs listens to it. What part of us listens to the waswasa of Shaitan is nafs. If the person has nafs in Mutmainna, then Shaitan waswasa does not have an effect on them. Allah mentioned in the Quran, Allah directly told Shaitan that there are going to be some ibad of mine some true, righteous, upright slaves of mine, that you will have no sultan, no warrant, no authority, no power over them. What does it mean? Because they have done tazkiyah of their nafs. So you whisper on them, it will have no effect. <laughs> it's in Quran. Allah Akbar can be like hmm? Now why? We should want to be like that. We should have gotten excited. You said to people like that. But I need to become like that. I need to try. At least spend my life trying, even die trying to become like that. That's called this. So nafs you can think is like the hidden agent, double agent of shaitan, that listens to shaitan. Hmm? Now, the nafs is a more dangerous enemy, more dangerous enemy than shaitan. This is what you must understand from this point, or up till now to this point, that the nafs is a more dangerous enemy. Now Allah Ta'ala has mentioned different types of nafs in Qur'an. The first type of nafs mentioned in Qur'an is called nafsi Allah. Inna nafsa la'allaratun bisu'i. Nafsi Allah. Allah means supreme commander. <laughs> supreme commander. That this type of nafs supremely commands a person to do evil. This is the word of Allah chose. Not none, not it's a nothing sui. Not khata, not mistake, not er sui. It supremely commands the person to do evil. Now Allah Ta'ala is the real commander of our heart. You're supposed to follow the Okam of Allah Ta'ala. What does this person do? He follows his nafs instead. Follows his nafs instead. Sometimes he does it in small things. Like to sleep. He sleeps through fajr. That's also nafs. Don't think it's laziness. It's nafs. Don't think it's tiredness. It's nafs. Don't think it was fatigue. It's nafs. Allah Still he sleeps. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that? Hmm? The Mu'adhan is telling him that prayer is better than sleeping. 
he still chooses to sleep anyway. It's nafs. Has that ever happened to anybody? Understand it's nafs. <laughs> Understand the nafs is still there, not yet purified. Not yet purified. This is nafs amara. <laughs> and amazingly, I've seen people that when they miss Fajr Salah, when they wake up, then they have two choices, because they're running late now, right? They have two choices. Either they could have their breakfast, or they could make wudu and instantly pray kaba. Many people, they choose to have breakfast instead. <coughs> and then they give themselves this rationality. But how am I going to work? How am I going to last at work if I don't have breakfast? So I will have breakfast now, I will make up the pleasure later. But this is nafs. <laughs> Allah, can you imagine? He should be thinking instead, how in the world am I going to have barakah and work without having prayed my fajr for this morning? What happened to me? First and foremost, I will make up this fajr and maybe I'll get some bite or eat on the road. No, so I will have my breakfast now. I will make up fajr later. Can you imagine how Allah is going to gaze at such a person? You think that person will get barakah in that day when he goes to work like that? It's all nafs. All of this is nafs. Then you will see a person, if something bad happens to them in dunya, so let's say they had a problem in the morning, so you see them adore salah, you will be able to see the sadness on their face. So you will ask them, that, what happened? So, oh, I had a problem this morning. A few hours ago. And still, after several hours, the worry and sorrow and sadness is on their face. But you will never be able to tell who missed Fajr Salah, because it creates no worry, no sadness on their face. No worry, you won't go to them and say, what happened to you? Fine, he may not share with you because that's his personal sin, but you'll never be able to tell. This is also nafs, that they sin against the commandment of Allah Ta'ala and they don't feel sad and sorrow, but if some loss happens in dunya, they feel sadness and sorrow. If they have a loss in deen, they don't feel sadness and sorrow. Nafs. Also a sign of nafs. Hmm? You check yourself. You check yourself. And another sign of nafs, but another sign of this nafs amara, right now I'm talking about this first category of nafs, nafs amara. What happens when it commands the person? So maybe otherwise he's a good believer, otherwise he prays salah, but all of a sudden he says, he was talking like this, I don't know what happened to me. All of a sudden I felt this urge. I knew it was wrong. I knew I shouldn't have done it. I knew I shouldn't have said it. I knew I shouldn't have looked. But it just all of a sudden overpowered me. This is nafsi Allah. And that's what it means. Overpowered. Allah. If this has ever happened to you, nafs. Nafs. And he says, I felt so bad later. I felt shame later. I was even crying later. But I don't understand. I don't understand what keeps happening. It happens maybe once or twice a week, maybe once or twice a month. It's recurring. Periodically, this keeps happening to me that the nafs takes over me. Inna nafsada amaratun bisu'i. It's a sign that a person has this nafs. Hmm? Sign that a person has this nafs. So, this is one aspect of nafs that is mentioned in Quran. Then there's a second type of nafs Allah Ta'ala mentioned in Quran. This is called nafs al-lawwama. Lawwama. This is better than nafs al-amara. Nafs al-lawwama means that in fancy English we call the recriminating nafs. The nafs that now feels the shame and the nafs starts blaming the person. So it's like 
It's partly fudur and partly taqwa. So now it has some goodness in it. So the good part of the nafs blames the person, makes the, gets angry with the person. Why did you do, why did you do that sin? Well, you did the sin because of the bad part of the nafs. You did the sin because of the bad part of the nafs, but the good part of the nafs starts blaming the person. So they can call it the blaming nafs, the nafs that blames the person. So this person, sign of this person, is they become 50-50. 50-50. Sometimes you will see them. They will be acting like they're waliullah. Really, sincerely. They make nice long du'a. They pray good concentration salah. They make a lot of khidmah. They make a lot of da'wah. They have good character, good dealings with others. But then sometimes they have another part of their life where they fall into their nafs. But when that happens, the good part of their life, the good part of their nafs, makes them feel very bad. So these people, then normally, the person who has this second stage, they become talib of tazkiyah. They seek this tazkiyah now. They realize, because they're blaming themselves. So they want a cure. They're the ones who desperately go for the cure. They go to Mashaya. They confess to Mashaya. I have this problem, fix me. I have this problem, help me. I have this problem, guide me. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it. This is Nafsullah I can't take it anymore. I want this lust out. I want it out once and for all. So they come and ask these type of questions. They don't ask questions and make dua for my business and make dua for this. And they don't have that relationship with Mashaya. They have this relationship. Fix my nafs. They will even sometimes come crying and begging, rescue me, save me. There was a beautiful Wali of Allah SWT. His name was Hazrat Dr. Abdul Hai Arafi Ramtale. Hazrat Dr. Abdul Hai Arafi Ramtale. Love Akbar. He wrote one story about how one mm, sincere seeker came like that. He said, just rescue me. Just free me from this nafs. I can't take it anymore. Hmm? This is called the person who is talib of their islah, talib of tafkiyah. Another beautiful wali of Allah Ta'ala, his name is Hazrat Khawaja Azizul Hassan Badzur Al-Tale. He wrote beautiful poetry on this topic. Okay, I will explain to you in English. He says that if you try to defeat your nafs and you keep failing and you keep falling back into sin, but you're fighting this war with your nafs and you're not able to win, you can't defeat the nafs. So he says, what should you do? He says, you should never give up and view yourself like you're the prisoner in the cage of your nafs, but keep rattling the door. Keep rattling the door, it's keep trying to get out of the cage, you keep rattling, keep rattling, one day Allah Ta'ala will take pity on you, and He will have mercy on you, and He will take you out of the cage of your nafs. That's nafs Allah wants out, He wants out. And this can take years. No negative, one night, one dua, one tear. No, no, no. This nafs Allah stage, this can take years. Years of wanting it. Then comes another nafs in Quran. That's called nafsi mutmain. For all of you know the verse. But it's not just enough to recite the verse or to translate the verse. The purpose of the verse is to become motivated to become the feeling of that verse. Ya ayyutahum nafsi mutmain. Well, Allah Ta'ala is calling that person. Hmm? 
Allah is doing nidala. He's yearning for that person. But you just come back now. Can you imagine how much Allah loves that? Actually, the person has to die when their mouth is decreed for them. So that's why they're still alive. They're still alive because the decree time of death has not yet come to them. But Allah loves them so much. He's saying, Oh, you just come back to your Rabb now. You are pleased with your Rabb, and your Rabb is pleased with you. Can you imagine what type of person that is? Huh? What type of honor that person will have? This must be gentle for those. It's my feeling. It's not some fatwa. But my feeling is that anybody who gets this lesson of minna must be ending up in Jannatul Firdaus. What is Jannatul the Anbiya? What Jannatul Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Inji'i ila rabbiki radiyatam wardiyya. Why? Because they got nafsi mutmainna. What is nafsi mutmainna? It means that the person becomes mutmain on deen. Mutmain means they're content. They're happy. Whatever Allah Taala wants, they're happy with. 100% happy. 100% happy. And anything that Allah Taala dislikes, they also dislike it. Anything that is displeasing to Allah Taala, it's also displeasing to them. So our Mashaikh can explain it this way, that their tabiya has become aligned with shariq. So tabiyat mizaj shariq their personality, their likes and dislikes are exactly according to the likes and dislikes of Sharia, and they're happy. Now I will show you an amazing thing. In Ramadan, in Ramadan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us a sample of what it's like to be nafsi mutma'inna through the act of fasting. Why? Because when we fasted, we were mutma'in. We were happy to fast. Were you saying, Allah, we're happy? We're completely happy. You want us to stay away from food? I stay away from it. You want us to stay away from drink? I stay away from it. I'm married, I just nick on your name. But in your name you want me to stay away from it? I stay away from it. This is called Nafsumutmina. Completely happy and content with the will and wish and command of Allah's Father. Allah Ta'ala gave us an example like that. 30 day free sample. You can't have Nafsumutmina. It was open up our eyes, you can't do it. Why do you think you can? Be hopeful, be optimistic. You did it in Ramadan. So much mutmain that you never even thought of cheating. Nobody thinks like that. Nobody has ever come to me like that and said, Oh, I was fasting, but my nafs wanted that I should go secretly eat in a corner. I was tempted to secretly drink in a corner. No, never. No temptation. No temptation. Oh, what is that? That's called nafs mutmainna. To be completely and happy, content with the commandments of Allah Ta'ala and not be tempted in the slightest to leave that command. And we had it day after day after day for 30 days. Allah This was Ramadan. You can't do it. We have it. We've experienced it. That's why it comes to the person who passes away in Ramadan. Now you understand why? Because they were in the state of Nasus, they get this, Ijiyya Lalubi Because they were fasting, they were matmeh with Allah Ta'ala. They were happy with the way Allah Ta'ala wanted them to be. Allah Ta'ala we can do it. Nafsa Mutmanna is possible. Allah Ta'ala said in the Quran, La yukallifu Allahu nafsan illa wasaha. 
Allah Ta'ala has never put any task to us except that Allah Ta'ala Himself will give us the ability. It doesn't matter what country you're in, doesn't matter what city you're in, doesn't matter what your background is, doesn't matter what your circumstances is, doesn't matter it's 2015, whatever it is, Allah Ta'ala will give us in us the ability. But when? When you want it. And this is the real problem with us, that we have stopped wanting this nafsal mukminah. It's not even in our du'as. How many times, do you, can you imagine how much du'a a person should make for this? If a person really wanted it, you see the person who doesn't have a job, what does he do? After every salah, he makes du'a for job. Every single salah. He cannot, it's not possible. It's not possible for him to raise his hands in du'a without making du'a for job. Okay, is he dying of hunger? Is he in famine? He says, no, I just lost my job one week ago. So, you were employed? Yes. How long? I had job for 25 years. 25 years you had job. One week you didn't have job. 25 years you had job. One week you didn't have job. Just one week not having job. Every single du'a you make to get job. So then why can't you make du'a like that for Nafsul Minnah? Where actually 25 years we had Nafsul Amara. Huh? And 30, 11 months we had Nafsul Amara. 30 days we had Nafsul Minnah. Hmm? How much du'a we should be making for this? This is the real problem. The problem isn't that we don't have nafsim mutmainah. The problem is we stopped wanting it. We stopped praying for it. So when you stopped wanting it, and you stopped praying for it, naturally you stopped working for it. Why would you work for it? If you don't want it, and you don't pray for it. So if you don't want it, you don't pray for it, you don't work for it, then yes, you will have no interest in the training called Taskim. Why would you opt for that training? Why would anybody opt for that training? This training in Urdu we call it Ragra. Ragra in English it means scrubbing. So you see when there's a stain on the clothing, you can't gently wipe it off. Have you ever seen a washing machine like that? And Masala, you know, we don't, maybe the women they do that. We don't put our clothes in gentle cycle. On the gentle cycle for husband. Huh? You put it on full, <laughs> especially those of us who wear white clothes. Huh? If you want to get white clothes completely clean, can you put it in gentle cycle? No way. <laughs> hmm? So this is another problem, that we only want gentle cycle being. You can go for gentle cycle if you are a nice, pure, clean, linen piece of cloth. <laughs> that you have stains, stain of sin, then another stain of sin. And another stain of sin, and a different type of sin, and yet another type of sin, then repeating that sin, then falling back into the sin, then sin in hukukullah, then sin in hukukulibad. So then that clothing needs what? Ragra. Hmm? Now you understand ragra. That clothing needs scrubbing. That clothing needs scrubbing. Now that clothing which is dirty is very heavy. If you give it to what in order to be called dobi means launder, so he will scrub it. So the clothing gets happy. Then now I'm in the hand of that person who will put the detergent on me and put the water on me and will scrub and will keep scrubbing and keep scrubbing until the stain comes out. So this scrubbing, this is called the training of Tazki. Tazki is nothing else and nothing more and nothing less than what I explained to you tonight.
That's clear. It's not about worshipping Shaykh. It's not about giving dinner to Shaykh. It's not about giving money to Shaykh. Tazkiyah is about getting scrubbed clean. That's what Tazkiyah is. That's it. What's the condition for the clothing to become scrubbed clean? If somebody says, what, am I ready? It's very simple. <coughs> Only thing you need to be ready is the clothing must be dirty. Condition number one. If you want to put the clothing in washing machine, condition number one, it must be dirty. That's it. And condition number two, there must be somebody who wants to try to make it clean. That's all it is. That's all you need to begin this case. There's no guarantee of success. Will I be able to do it? Maybe you won't. Can I do the secret that the shape will teach me? Maybe you can't. Can I really lower my gaze like that? Maybe you won't initially. It's not about your ability. It's about your desire. So this is why Mishai used to call this irada. That I have irada. What does it mean, irada? That, Ya Allah, I see no ability in myself, but I want to be like that. I want this nafsu mutmina. I want to be salihin. I want to be mutakin. I want to be clean. I see no ability in myself. I see no good deeds in myself, but I want this. And Ya Allah, now I realize that there's a full-fledged effort of deen. Mentioning Qur'an al-Kareem, him. Full branch of deen springing from the wells of the Nabu of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So Ya Rabbi Kareem, because I want it, I want to try. I want to try. I have that piece of dirty clothing and I want to become clean, so I'm going to put myself in the washing machine. Allah Ta'ala, you know best. You know best. And Allah Ta'ala explained, وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يُزَكِّي مَنْ يَشَاءُ Allah Ta'ala said, no one no single one can ever get their tazkiyah. But Allah Ta'ala, out of his fazl, karam, rahmah, then he purifies that person. Actually, it's up to Allah Ta'ala. But we can attract that mercy of Allah Ta'ala when we want it, when we desire it, when we beg for it, when we pray for it, and we make some effort for it. And we make dua that Allah Ta'ala accept each and every one of us somehow, in some way, through some program, through some process, however you want, but that according to Qur'an and Sunnah, and within the guidelines of Sharia, we must get our tazkiyah done. May Allah will accept this near from us tonight. May Allah will accept this with tazkiyah, and put his nur in our heart, where he guides to the path of Zikr, where he can make us have love and tolerance and acceptance for all of the Mishai, all the ulama, all the awliya of the ummah, Jealousy from our heart. Can it be we brought you on this night to disease 
heart, a sick heart, a heart that's been dominated by nafs. Rescue us, Ya Rabb. Help us, Ya Rabb. Guide us, Ya Rabb. Remind us that we forget. Guide us when we go astray. Ya Rabb, forgive us if we sin. Ya Rabb, instead put in our heart the true love for you. True love for Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Love for Quran. Love for Deen Islam. Love for the Sunnah. Love for the Sahaba. Love for all of the Siddiqeen, Shahada, Salihin. Love for all of the Ulama, Uliya, Salaha. Love for all of the Mu'mineen and Muslimin. Then we can unite us on this love. Raise us on the day of judgment in this love. Join us in the altar with those whom we love. Al-Bakuma Amal Ahamba, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, Kareem. Forgive us for all the sins that we ever did. Forgive us for the sins that we did before Ramadan. Forgive us for the sins we were stuck in during Ramadan. Then it became, forgive us for the sins in these few weeks that we have returned to again after Ramadan. Help us, Ya Rabb. Have pity on us. Have mercy on us. And if you can be kind with us, be gentle with us, make us from the Muttaqeen, make us from the Salihin, make us from the Dhaqirin, help us to do Tazkiyah, Ya Rabb, guide us to the path of Tazkiyah, guide us to the people of Tazkiyah, guide us to the training of Tazkiyah, guide us to the Mashayat of Tazkiyah, then it became, let us not pass away from this world until we have completed our Tazkiyah, then it became, save us from the fire of Hannam, save us from your punishment, save us from your anger, Lailum of Luba, Ya Rabb, never make us from those people that you're angry upon them, that your wrath is fallen upon them. Ya Rabbi Kareem, guide us and help us, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Make us regular in our Tawbah, make us regular in our Quran, make us regular in Salawat, make us regular in Istighfar. Ya Rabbi Kareem, put the feelings back in our Salah, put the Dua back in our Salah, put the feelings back in our Sujood, make our Sajda Sajda Qurb, make our Qiyam Qiyam Qurb, make our Tilaat Tilaat Qurb, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Put it in our heart. Put it in our heart. Yeah, the big name we want to 
true sunnah, then we can we have adorned ourselves with the outer sunnah, but we have become a stain on the sunnah, we have become a spot on the sunnah, we have violated the inner sunnah, and we can get the hakikat of sunnah, the lazat of sunnah, the look of sunnah, the delight of sunnah, the joy of sunnah, and we can even put in our heart the understanding of Quran, the feelings of Quran, a love for Quran, the desire for Quran, and we can Ya Allah, make us from Muttaqeen. For so many years we have heard this word taqwa. All month Ramadan we fasted for this taqwa, and still it escapes us, still it eludes us. But Ya Allah, if you gift it to us, if you decree it for us, you just have to say, Kun Ya Rab, Majboon, it will happen. Decree it for us on this night. Make your hukum on this night. Make that on the same. And we become from the Muttaqeen, Mu'mineen, Sabahin, Mu'mineen, Dhaqirin, Mu'mineen, Mu'khaseen, Mu'mineen. It will not diminish from your dominion in any way. Grant it to us, Ya Rab. Guide us to us, Ya Rab. Make us firm on deen. Give us istikama on deen. Make us steadfast on deen. Make us persevere in deen. Then if we can guide us to every amal that is pleasing to you. Take us away from any action that is slightly displeasing to you. We do want to be a merciful people. But we want to be radi with you. We want you to be radi with us. Be happy with us, Ya Allah. Be pleased with us, Ya Allah. Take some act from us that you will be happy with us. Cast your gaze of Rahma on us on this gathering. Cast your gaze of Muhammad on us this gathering. Grant us at the Simut Minna. Ya Rabbi Kareem, make us happy at Minan and Deen. Sukoon and Deen. Sukoon through Deen. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Allah, those of us who are married, Allah, make the men better husbands. Make the women better wives. Make us true to one another. Let us get Sukoon from our spouse. Let us have that affection and mercy again. Let us forgive us for every betrayal, for every disloyalty. Make us loyal, Mu'mineen. Loyal to you. Loyal to Sunnah. Loyal to spouse. Loyal to family. Loyal to Ummah. Make us loyal, Ya Rab. We are the disloyal ones. Make us loyal, Ya Rabbi Kareem. We are the immodest ones. Make us modest, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Grant us our chastity again. Our haya again. Our purity again. Ya Rabbi Kareem, those of us who are parents and have children. Then if we can raise our children on deen, put them in your hifazah, Ya Rabb, set all of our children and all of our descendants into your medin, make each and every one of them true mu'mineen, save them from every fitna, every fitna, Ya Rabb, save them from making the mistakes that we made, save them from calling for the sin that we did, send your special hidayah, the youth of this ummah, Ya Rabb, the youth of this masjid, the youth of this community, the youth of this ummah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, they are the future, Ya Rabb, they are the guide them, Ya Rabb, protect them, Ya Rabb, Safer than Yarab Bikarim. There are those in this gathering maybe yet to be married out of your puzzle and karam and rahma to create for them pure spouses who will be partners on this path, partners on deen, helpers in Salat al Mustaqim. There are those who are married who get to have children and out of your puzzle and karam, grant this blessing to them. Yarab Bikarim, who's in your wish and hikmah to grant some other blessing to them, make them happy with it, Ya Allah, make them content with it, Ya Allah. Yarab Bikarim, I ask that you grant all the the secret du'as, the silent pleas. Forgive us for those sins, Ya Rab, but only you and we know that we did them. Forgive us for the sins that we did secretly. Forgive us for the sins that we did unknowing to creation. Then your special rahmah, Ya Rab, and forgive us for those sins on this night. Ya Rabbi Kareem, Arabi Rahma Karam Fazal, accept these du'as. Rabbana Tukamlahinna innaka anta sameer al-aleem. Wa tubu alayna innaka anta tawabu al-raheem. 
وصلى الله تعالى على حبيبه سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين سنه الشهداء